Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, today I wanted to pick up with the part two of the uh, part one that I started the other day, uh, the series on scary words. Uh, there will be one more part to this, but I will probably do something uh, on literature before I go into the third part of this. I don't want to get too far into either just doing philosophy or just doing uh, literary analysis. I want to keep somewhat back and forth to keep it balanced. Uh, but I did two on literature, so I'm going to do two on philosophy. And then we'll switch back a little bit. <clears throat> the last time the scary word that we talked about was socialism. And if you didn't listen to that podcast, uh, be I, re I highly recommend it. you go back and just give it a listen. Um, now, whether or not you agree with uh, what socialism does, that's a different story. But uh, that podcast kind of went over what it actually is uh, and some of the ways that it might manifest. Um, today, we want to keep going with the same thing, but with a different uh, word that's used to scare people. Uh, and the word this time is communism. Uh, this is a word that sends most people into a frenzy and they start pointing at the Soviet Union and China and North Korea and talking about how communism is a completely failed idea. Well, whether or not it's a failed idea, you have to look at the idea itself and then ask yourself, was that idea ever put into practice? Uh, if you go back and look at the things that Marx actually wrote and why he wrote those things, um, you're going to see lots of different ideas in communism, but there's really one central idea. You know, communism does have the idea of, it does discuss the haves and the have-nots, but that wasn't really the central idea of communism. Um, Marx wasn't necessarily uh, coming out against rich and poor. Uh, his his central idea was different from that. It also does make recommendations about having the proper kind of education for the citizens. Um, but again, this is not the central idea behind it. Um, the central idea behind communism was what Marx felt was the alienation of the workers. No, workers were the ones who actually produced all the wealth. Um, without labor, there is no wealth, there is no value. You have to use labor to turn natural resources into uh, usable wealth. And so Marx was looking at uh, the issue from the standpoint of labor. And he was looking at it from the fact that those who produced all the wealth had very little or no say whatsoever in how that wealth that they were producing was being used and distributed. Uh, under capitalism, the owners made 100% of the choices about how things were used and distributed, and the workers, if they were lucky, were given enough to survive or maybe a little better. And this is one of the things that Marx sees as one of the central problems of capitalism. It wasn't a problem that some people were rich and some people were poor. His problem was that the people who were doing all the work were not the people who had any say-so in how that wealth was used or distributed. So when you look at this as being his central premise, that the workers are alienated from what they're actually producing, they have no say, they only get a tiny share of it, uh, and then you look into the systems that called themselves communist, the Soviet Union, China, North Korea, uh, Vietnam, uh, Cuba, uh, and, and others, 
when you look at how those systems actually worked out, that was not the central idea that they went after. Yes, they put up posters about the workers and how wonderful and how important the workers were, but there was no decision-making by the workers. Um, the work, the workers uh, basically under these systems traded one set of bosses for another. Instead of working for capitalists who mistreated them and gave them almost nothing, they started working for the state who mistreated them and gave them almost nothing. Now, the state usually, unless people made them angry, would try to provide at least minimum standards, but you still don't have the workers having any say-so in this. The state, since they control all the wealth, would be able at any time to say, this group isn't making us happy, we're just going to starve them out. And you see this happen uh, in the Soviet Union, in China, in um, you know, in the other, in North Korea, the places that have tried this. Uh, and so that problem of alienation from power is not only not addressed, and many times it's made much worse. So the people, the workers, uh, did not prosper from this. They did not get out of it what Marx had as a central idea of what they should. Uh, the fact that they are producing the wealth. They should be the ones that decide what to do with this wealth. <clears throat> when you look at the Soviet Union and China and the other communist countries, uh, their system wasn't really anything that Marx would have recognized as communism. He probably would have labeled it as some weird form of, uh, some weird hybrid of the feudal system with industrialization. Uh, because in place of the aristocracy, you had the members of the Communist Party. And as you had different levels of aristocracy, you had different levels within the Communist Party. And those are the people who had all the wealth, uh, the same way the aristocrats had all the wealth. And the peasants uh, and the serfs produced all of the wealth. And then at the top, you had uh, generally one dictator who was in charge of it all, which is basically the same thing as a king. Um, but they did push industrialization, whereas under the feudal system, everything was strictly agricultural-based, uh, land-based. So Marx would have never seen any of these countries as having done anything like what he said. And in fact, if you look at the countries where he saw that his ideas would be breaking out, none of these countries were even on his horizon as places they would take. Uh, that his ideas would, would take hold. Partially because if you're going to have a uh, society run by the workers, you have to have well-educated workers. You have to have highly skilled workers, highly educated workers. Um, workers that have um, not only read books and written newspapers and uh, been involved in the intellectual life and the production of what they're whatever products they're making. So you have to look to highly skilled, highly educated countries as being the ones that um, he was thinking of. You know, he was thinking Germany, um, England. Uh, United States wouldn't have been on his horizon at the time, but this was prior to the, uh, the larger industrialization of the United States. <clears throat> So the countries that actually ad adopted it, he would have 
said of course they failed at it. One, they didn't give any power to the workers, and two, they never had workers that actually took control of everything. One of the, uh, I guess you could call it, branding mistakes that Marxism made was when he called for the dictatorship of the proletariat. Now, most of the people who, the, the nations that embraced con communism, uh, took that word dictatorship and then ran with it. And they didn't put it with the word that it went with. Uh, the proletariat is the workers, so a dictatorship of the workers. Well, how can you have a dictatorship of the workers? There's lots of workers. Uh, they don't think with the same mind. The way you have a dictatorship of the proletariat is it has to be democratic. The workers have to get together, discuss things, and decide which way to go. And so this concept of the state running everything, the state owning everything, and uh, the workers and the, and the people having no say-so would have been something that Marx would have seen as being as bad, if not worse, than the way he saw capitalism. He would have seen the workers in the same conditions or worse um, and, and would have predicted that that system would fall apart. So to say that communism doesn't work because of and point to these countries um, is actually to not understand what it was about. Now, was there anywhere, has there been anywhere where some of these, that central idea has put into, has been put into practice? And yes, there have been uh, places where you can see that idea put into practice. And it is in the countries that Marx discussed. It is in the countries that are the more uh, technologically advanced, the countries that have the more skilled and trained workers. Um, you know, there are quite a few uh, examples of uh, communist institutions just in the United States. They don't think they're communist institutions. They don't know they're communist institutions, but they are. And they're not evil or nefarious. They're actually institutions where the people who are part of them are very happy to be there. Uh, these institutions that I'm talking about are things like co-ops. Uh, co-op is a idea is a communism the, the idea of communism put into practice uh, the people that run the co-op and do all the work also make all of the decisions uh, they get together and decide what they're going to produce how they're going to produce it um, how much they're going to charge for it all of these things um, the same way as if they had uh, bosses above them that were doing it, except the workers, the people who are actually making everything, make all of these decisions. Um, and so you can see this is a very democratic process. This is not something where the state is lording over these people. Uh, these people have come together, said, we're going to produce this product or these products, uh, and we're going to work together cooperatively as if we were a corporation, but instead of having you know, president, a CEO, uh, a board of directors, we are the board of directors. Um, another example of communism uh, would be what happened in Silicon Valley. All of the people in Silicon Valley that made these new tech companies uh, started out working for corporations. They decided they hated corporations. They didn't want somebody that sat in an office or sat on a board um, or was a stockholder uh, telling them how they should do their job and what they should do because these people had no idea uh, 
about how the job should be done. You know, think about it when you have even a uh, any business structure where you have a large business. You know, who knows more about how to actually do the day-to-day hands-on work, the people who are actually doing it, or somebody who is a stockholder on the other side of the planet. Um, It's obviously going to be the people who are obviously doing the work. So when these people left these large companies, these tech companies, and formed their own companies, um, they basically formed them into communist companies. Um, Everybody that worked there had a partial ownership. They would work four of the days of the week or five of the days of the week towards doing their work and producing what needed to be done. And then every you know, Friday, once a week, they would all get together and basically have a board meeting where they would, you know, evaluate how things were going, which things were working, which directions they wanted to move into, which directions they may want to move out of. Um, And so this is basically something that Marx would have said, yes, this is exactly what I was talking about. These guys are the workers. These guys produce the money. They should decide how that money is distributed. They should decide how much of it needs to go into, you know, equipment, how much of it needs to be put aside, how much of it needs to go into retirement. Uh, and are there any other programs we want to sponsor with some of this money? Do we want to build parks? Do we want to build, um, you know, daycare for our children, things like that? Uh, so this is really more of an example of what he was talking about. Uh, another institution that is common in America that uh, is communist is uh, credit unions. Uh, credit unions are owned by the people who have money in the credit unions. Uh, that's why they're not called customers, they're called members. Uh, they have a membership, they have a partial ownership of that credit union. And when the credit union has meetings, uh, they can go to these meetings and decide what kinds of things the credit union should be doing. They get voting rights. Um, so again, these are the core issues that Marx had a problem with. It wasn't necessarily that he saw rich people and poor people and said, this is terrible. He saw that the people who were producing wealth had no say-so in how that wealth was being spent, how that wealth was being divided. You know, people were working long hours and then the company took all the money and barely gave them any. And if the company decided, yeah, we're just going to close up and move to another country where we can get cheaper workers, um, the workers had no say-so. They had no right to do anything about it because they didn't own it. Whereas Marx said, no, the people producing the wealth should have the right to say so. You know, you're not going to see a co-op, a company, an employee-owned company, where the employees get together and decide, let's fire ourselves and, uh, you know, farm out the work to somebody else because they're not going to lose their income. They're not going to give up their company because this is theirs. They own it. Um, This is part of the alienation that Marx keeps talking about. If you don't have any ownership in something, if you don't have any voice in it, then um, you really are just a cog in the machine. You're just uh, a disposable part. And Marx's big thrust with his ideas of communism was that, no, the people who do all the work, produce all the wealth, are not just disposable parts. Uh, They are the part that is making the money, and they are the part that should be deciding. So 
I often hear people say, well, communism's dead. They tried it and it was a complete failure. And it's like, no, they tried it on the national level in these countries and didn't do anything like what Marx said. They were just dictatorships. Um, look at the places where they've actually addressed Marx's central issue, which is, you know, empowering the workers, giving the workers a voice, giving them the power to make the decisions of the companies. And you'll find that those companies are extremely prosperous. Those companies are doing extremely well uh, and not only compete with capitalist institutions, they often outcompete them because the workers have more of a sense of being part of something. They have ownership of it. Um, if you are working for someone else and you hate that person and you hate your job, your desire to do your job well is not going to be very much. But if you know this is part of what's yours and you have say so, uh, your desire is going to be much more to do a good job because you are invested in this and you are given a voice in this. <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to break off from there. Uh, next time, like I said, I'll be going into a literary topic. And I hope all of you are doing well and staying safe. And I hope to talk to you all again soon. Have a good night.